It was five years ago, on April 15th, 2013, that two explosives went off near the finishing line of the annual Boston Marathon, killing three and injuring several hundred others. A newlywed couple, Jessica and Patrick, were among the survivors, both having to amputate their legs, and Jessica especially undergoing 30 rounds of surgery. Their story of recovery, with the help of service dog Rescue, was featured on many media outlets and touched millions of people. You may have come across that story yourself. And it's now come out as a children's book. We can bring in on the line Jessica Kensky and Patrick Downs, authors of Rescue and Jessica, A Life-Changing Friendship. Thank you very much for taking the time. Hi, thank you for having us. So starting with you, Jessica, how did this idea come about to turn this into a children's book? Um, We realized very early on when we were out in public after we were hurt that we were drawing a lot of attention of little children of all ages, and this happened even before. And then when we got our prosthetics and added a service dog to our group, we got even more attention. And they were staring so intently that we had kids even run in the walls. And we realized that um, it was just coming from a place of pure curiosity. And we were often engaging in lots of conversations in the elevator and the grocery store. And Patrick and I found ourselves explaining all kinds of things, what prosthetics were, how they work, when we wear them, rescue, how he helps me, what he's trained for. And we found these conversations to be really important. But also for us, they were really therapeutic. And so this book was kind of our attempt to take that conversation and have it on a much larger scale. So Rescue, he has helped you in a a number of ways, including, as you said, the therapeutic side. I read in an interview that you were able to fall asleep for the first time since the accident when he arrived. Yes. Can can you tell Um, us a bit more about that support? Patrick and I, one or both of us, often had phantom pain. The younger you are... And the more traumatic your amputation is, the more likely you are to have phantom pain. And so we would be up all night long with that, in addition to millions of other worries and fears. And as soon as Rescue joined our family, he just added a sense of calm and peace. In addition to a responsibility of needing to take care of him and get up and feed him in the morning and take him out to go to the bathroom and take him to play, and it just kind of helped Patrick and I both get on a better routine and have a shift in our focus. And so from the instant he joined our family, he helped us sleep through the night and just lightened the mood, made us laugh. Coming from a background as, as, as having been very active when, presumably very active if you were running a marathon, um, and, and, then, and then to be going through this bizarre situation of feeling pain in a limb that, that no longer exists... It's just hard to imagine. Can you take us a little bit deeper into that place and that state of mind and how you overcame it in Um, yourself? I think it was a time that um, Patrick and I were really also relying heavily on each other for comfort and companionship, and it's one of the unique, I don't know what to call it, I guess the benefit of our injuries is that we understood that pain and that uncomfortableness. Mm. Just, you know, sometimes distracting can help. We use ice packs. We watch a favorite show. And kind of knowing that you weren't up hopeless by yourself, but doing it together 
I think, eased it. Um, although it, it's still, um, even talking about it just reminds me of what a terribly um, difficult time it was. And, and yeah. also, we didn't know the trajectory. We didn't know how long that phase was going to last. Thankfully, that that has gotten better. Um, phantom pain is a much more rare problem now. But um, at the time, we didn't know how long it was going to last. Patrick, if we can also bring you in here, I mean, the, the, the title is Rescue and Jessica, A Life-Changing Friendship, but you are obviously a very important dimension here as well. But can you describe for us your side of that story that we just heard from Jessica? Well, I appreciate you acknowledging my importance in the story. There's a clear hierarchy uh, <laughs> in our family. So Jessica, rescue, and then me down at the bottom. But... As Jessica said, this has been a very long road for the two of us um, in our own individual physical and psychological recoveries, but also as a team, as a married couple. Uh, we've had to work hard and continue to work hard to understand what's been therapeutic for each of us, what's therapeutic for us as a team. Um, and Rescue has always been that uh, release for us. He's even in our darkest times, he's there to make us laugh, to distract us, to get us outside. Um, he's been an incredible joy and comfort, and so it's such a joy for us to now be able to share his story with children, and they connect with him. They, they immediately appreciate his power, uh, his ability to love us and care for us. And so he then becomes a wonderful steward for us to then open up a conversation about people with disabilities, about what it means to be a companion to someone, even in the hardest of times. Uh, and that really companions are the secret ingredient to getting over obstacles that may seem insurmountable. And so we think that rescue just embodies all these amazing qualities that we bring to life in this book. Did you find it very challenging to have to get used to these new features in your life, the prosthetics, having to learn how to use crutches and, and so on, at the same time as having people stare at you, and, and even the innocent curiosity of children around you? The medical devices certainly took a while for us to get used to. I think we still are shocked sometimes when we wake up in the morning and see a wheelchair by the side of our bed that we use to get uh, in and out of bed, to shower, to help us get dressed, or for having a bad day with our prosthetic, to get used to the sight of seeing ourselves in a reflection and noticing that we have one or two metal legs. The curiosity that we've found from children, for me, has always been exciting. I, I was training as a clinical psychologist at the time that we were injured, and most of my work was with children. So this just became, it was almost like a prop for me to engage kids in a conversation. And their fascination was so clear, uh, both with our new bodies and our medical devices as well as rescue. So for me, it was exciting in that way that there was an opportunity for me to still have a role in educating children and, and encouraging them to be more thoughtful and compassionate uh, human beings. And Jessica, someone who has children myself, I, I do notice kids, I mean, they can be sometimes very blunt, but they're also far more 
or far less prejudiced, far, far more natural about these things, um, the, right. the way they inquire and so on. Um, but, but, but of course, they can ask some pretty brutal questions as well if someone's very sensitive. Uh, is, is that something you feel, you feel the writing has to, to skirt between those things? No, and it's funny, they are very blunt, but I don't find children's questions to be brutal at all, ever. In fact, adults have, have been the ones who have kind of accidentally, I think, hurt my feelings. Really? Okay. Or upset me by their comments or questions, and kids never do. They either make me laugh or make me think or impress me. And, and really at any age. Um, and I think that's part of the, that was definitely part of the motivation. Yeah. Um, because, and, and it's the excitement now, because now that the book is done, we're getting to share it with a lot of children. And it's something that we really look forward to doing as we go to these school visits or bookstores and things. We get to interact with children even more. Only now we have this beautiful book as a, as a tool to have a more formal conversation. So no, I don't. I don't find it. Uh, it's been enjoyable. I don't. I don't know. I think kids are also so curious and innocent and don't have any biases yet that right. um, they've never really offended us in any way. But you you say adults have, and we've just had the Paralympics here in South Korea. We, I think, are still a country that's learning to. Um, fully accept, and maybe many countries are fully accept, people of all different shapes, sizes, and abilities. Mm -hmm. uh, do, do you feel that um, you can, with your efforts, also reach out to those adults? And if not, what can we do to change public prejudices? <laughs> oh, that's a really hard question. Um, I mean, I think this book, I think there's a lot of well-intentioned adults, and I think that they want, those with children, want to have these conversations and want to introduce compassion and kindness and understanding to kids. As this age group, you know, five to nine is the target audience for our book, and that's really the time when kids are starting to look and think outside of themselves. So mm -hmm. it's a great time to start having these conversations to kind of infuse this idea of compassion in the others. And um, we're hoping that this is a tool for adults to use with children. And I think a lot of times adults are scared about doing or saying the wrong thing, and by doing so, they do and say the wrong thing, um, instead of just going with their gut or with their heart. And so I think this book can definitely teach adults as well. As far as educating them on how to have these hard conversations or what to do and say, I think it's very individual. You know, I think you have to look at your audience, think about the person that you're talking to. It's kind of a hard thing for me to make a sweeping statement about. No, but that makes a lot of sense. And, and it has to be a series of steps. Of course, we're not going to achieve a, a whole social shift I, uh, overnight. Um, but, but books have right. repeatedly had that power, the, the, the power of the word on the page. Patrick, we are short of time, but I'd love to ask you as well about any advice you might have for people who are overcoming trauma in their lives? Because you, you went back and finished the Boston Marathon in, in 2016, didn't you? Yes, I did. I, I think the uh, most powerful thing that we have been the recipient of is tremendous amounts of love and support from a whole host of people. That if we create communities that are caring and loving, that is 
what we need, that's what people need when they're trying to overcome something as traumatic as what we've experienced and what so many people experience uh, through violence. But if you have people uh, who care about you and feel responsible to you and will love you unconditionally through that recovery, uh, that is what helps you get through to the other side. And we have benefited from that, from the great people of Boston and beyond from around the world. And I really do, we think about that every time when we see violence happen, uh, not only in the United States, but in other parts around the, around the globe. Do those people have people next to them to love them, to walk down this path with them? Because that's what makes all the difference. It's, it's a very sad truth that you point out, that on a daily basis, more people are being robbed of their limbs due to war and violence on a continued basis. Your inspiration becomes even more important than Jessica Kensky and Patrick Downs with the book Rescue and Jessica, A Life-Changing Friendship. I think uh, many of us will have been che- inspired to check that one out and share it with our children. Thank you both for joining us today. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much.